You are listening to the Invitation Church podcast. To learn more about Invitation Church, visit us online at invitation605.com. You can also download our app on iTunes and Google Play by searching for Invitation 605. So I want to read from Matthew chapter 1, the last several weeks uh, we have been uh, spending time in Matthew's accounts of the story that a lot of us know as the Christmas story. And we spent a lot of time talking about the wise men who make this journey. And so I just want to read, this is Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 says, This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to his prophet, that the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And tonight we get to talk about this story, that if you have grown up in and around church, it's not a new story to you. It's a story that you have perhaps heard a lot. You've watched it play out on movies and in books, and then we hear about it when we gather together around this time, but There's really three things that I want to say about this tonight, and the first is that this is a story about a promise. A couple hundred years ago, there was a guy who took a year and a half, and he traced all of the promises that we find in the Bible, and he categorized them. And some of you are getting excited about putting things in categories. And he found that there's something like 8,000 promises in the scriptures. And there's a whole bunch of categories that they fit into. I could send it to you if you're interested, all right? The Christmas story is about God making a promise to his people. And I think one way we could talk about the promise that God makes to his people is just to, to say this promise is God saying it's not always going to be this way. If you go all the way back to the book of Exodus, there's the the people of God. They're not living in the land that had been promised to them. They're slaves in a foreign land, speaking a language they did not grow up with, surrounded by customs that were not their own. And the book of Exodus tells us that God sees their suffering and God hears their cry. And I just believe we have to talk about that tonight. That like this baby, this God that we are gathering around, like he's a God who sees suffering. 
And he's a God who hears the cry of the sufferer. And then you can fast forward a little bit because God sends Moses into the situation to be part of God's freedom that he wants to bring about for God's people. You know, and Moses is this guy, right? He's like, I'm not trying to pick on anybody tonight, but he's in the back row of the church. Like, he's kind of on the outside of things. Like, he doesn't really belong in the palace because he's a Hebrew. But he doesn't really belong with the Hebrews either. Because why? Because he grew up in the palace. So where do I fit? If you've ever wondered that in life, if you've ever felt that way. Like, I just have a hard time fitting Like you know something about the heart and experience of Moses. And that's the person that God wants to use. To go to Pharaoh and to proclaim, it's not always going to be this way. God's people are not always going to live in slavery. And we can fast forward out of the book of Exodus to the New Testament. Thousands and thousands of years. And the people of Israel, the people of God, they're living in the land that had been promised to them. But Rome was in control. And Rome got to dictate how things went. And it wasn't God Almighty that was on the throne, it seemed. It was a Caesar. It was a governor. It was a ruler that was on the throne. And so Rome got to dictate how everything went. And I think Christmas is the promise of God spoken to us that it's not always going to be this way. Why? Because Jesus comes. Jesus is sent to to say something about all of the pharaohs of Egypt. And he's sent to say something about all the Caesars of Rome. It's not always going to be this way. Like there's a freedom that God desires to bring to his people. There's a purpose that God desires to bring to his people. There's a rest that God desires to bring to his people. There's a truth that God desires to bring to his people. And it's announced in a tiny town. It's almost announced anonymously. Like it's almost as if it's a whisper. And you have to listen very carefully to hear it. And that whisper travels all through history, and it's why we're gathered here tonight. So first, Christmas. The Christmas story is a promise. It's a story about a promise, but it's not just a story about a promise. It's also a story about a couple. Because we meet these two people. We meet Mary, and we meet Joseph, and oh, it's complicated, isn't it? If you've ever planned a wedding, you know that it's complicated. And Mary and Joseph have experienced that too. And there's a dream that Joseph has. You know, and I love how Joseph is described in the scriptures. Like he's not described as impressive. He's not described as popular. He's not described as winsome. He's described as righteous. He's described as faithful. Like someone who woke up and did the thing that God had set in front of him. That's how he's described. 
And Mary and Joseph go on this journey from the town that they lived in to go and to register, i.e. pay taxes to the government. And it's an unwanted journey and it's an unplanned journey. And I just think tonight it's good for us to remember that most of the journeys that you and I will take on planet Earth are unplanned and unwanted. Not journeys that you signed up for. Like you got the brochure in the mail for the cruise around Greece and you signed up. Most of the journeys you and I will take on planet Earth are unplanned and unwanted. And the question before us is if we will allow the journeys that God takes us on to form us and to deepen us because that would be the heart of God. And so they travel all of this way and this couple, this newly married pregnant couple who have heard all of the whispers, all of the rumors, all of the things that were spoken over them, they have this baby and he's the savior of the world. Like he is in himself hope. He is in himself grace. He is in himself truth. He is in himself life. And what so captivates me about Mary and Joseph is not the animals, although the animals are cool. What so captivates me is not the magi who travel these 900 miles like Sioux Falls to Dallas to see this baby 20 months or so after the birth. What captivates me about Mary and Joseph is the message that they carry. And the message that Mary and Joseph carry is that Mary and Joseph do not need to know all of the turns in their journey. They don't need the GPS step-by-step directions of what's going to happen at mile marker 192 and then 307. Mary and Joseph, in a very real way in their life, Say, we don't need to know all of the ins and outs, all the turns in the story. We just need to know that God is in it. Like, if you're in this, that's good enough for us. May it be to me as you have said, Mary says back to God. And I just think that's formative for us here tonight. That what if the point is not to figure out like the step-by-step directions and what's going to happen, the the turn-by-turn-by-turn-by-turn in our journey. What if we just need to know that God is in it? Like what if that's enough? What if his presence, his guiding hand. And so we have an opportunity to say back to God what Mary and Joseph said back to God. Like, if you're in it, Lord, that's good enough for me. So Christmas is a story about a promise. It's a story about a couple. But it's also a story about a king. And it's a different kind of king. He's very different than Pharaoh. He's very different than Caesar. 
He's a king who sees his people. In a world where the experience of so many people is that they're used and that they're looked past, we have a God who sees. We have a God who notices. Uh, We have a, a God who serves. This is a king who serves. In John chapter 14, we have this amazing story of Jesus in one of the last conversations he has with his people. What does he do? He doesn't go through the list like, make sure you remember, make sure you remember, make sure you remember. Like, this is the moment when parents are sending their kid on their first sleepover. There's a list. Remember this, remember this, remember this, remember this. Jesus just bends down on one knee with a towel around his waist and he washes the feet of his disciples. As if to say, like, this is what this is all about. Like King Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life away. Again and again and again, this is a king who forgives. We have this beautiful moment in the book of Psalms that just says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has our transgressions been removed. I know transgressions, that's like church word 764. But as far as the east is from the west, like so far has your shame been removed. So far has your guilt been removed. And so he's a God who forgives like what they did to you. God has forgiven. What you have done has been forgiven. It's a story about a promise. It's a story about a couple. And it's a story about a king. I want to invite the band up tonight. It's a story about a king who restores. A story about a king who puts stuff back together. Much later in the New Testament, there's this man named Paul, and he's writing to a group of people, and he just says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn above all creation. Things were made by him and for him, and he is above all things, and in him, all things hold together. And so this king is one who restores. So like he's going to restore what happened in Egypt under Pharaoh. Because why? Because he, he carries that group of people into the promised land. And he restores. Like all of the wrong that Rome did. And he comes to give his life and to be raised to life again. And so at Christmas, we're just not talking about this cute, neat, tidy Jesus. Like it's messy and it's loud and it's disruptive. But this story about this promise is that it's not always going to be this way. And it's a story about this couple. 
whose message we can hear tonight that what if we don't always have to have all the step-by-step directions? What if we have him? And a story about this king. This king who comes. Not a king that stands back, but a king that leads forward. I love what Eugene Peterson says. And I know those of you who are here, you're like, of course you love what Eugene Peterson says. He says, the birth of Jesus is a birth with a message. And it takes the entire Bible to bring the complete message, but this birth is the core of it. Jesus. In Jesus, God is here to give us life. Real life. Like that's the big exclamation point behind the why of the birth of Jesus. In John chapter 10, we hear about that, how God has come to give us life, not a life that runs out, but a life that is overflowing with all of the things of the kingdom. And in the very last chapter of the Bible, we hear about this in Revelation 22, verse 17. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. Whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. And so what's the story about? The story is about the promise of life. This baby who crashes into human history to offer life to the world. To offer purpose to the world. To offer hope to the world. To offer resurrection to the world. And that's what we're gathered around tonight. And of course, there's no Christmas Eve to the seventh power gathering without singing this song that if you grew up in and around church, you know, and it's just a song called Silent Night. And in front of you, the chairs, there's some candles. And so you can feel free to grab those. I, I believe the kids have been handed glow sticks. So that's great. Um, Nate Reed, just right behind you, if you could just turn off the middle, there's that brown box, it's where the lights are. That'd be amazing. Beautiful. And then how this is going to work um, in a minute, we'll stand together and we'll sing, but I do need a a little help in kind of passing the light um, around the room. And so what uh, I'm going to ask just a couple of us, um, if you would help me kind of do that. And so uh, Tom, would you help me kind of just light the first I was going to say person, uh, the first chair, okay, in each row. That would be a Christmas Eve service to remember. Um, kind of help me with this section uh, over here. Eric, can you kind of help me with this section over here? And we'll kind of just pass it the way it works best. Once your candle is rolling, uh, you have to be careful because it sounds like we're all smoking in here, the words. Uh, but once your candle's ready, then you can pass it to the next person. It's this symbol 
of how the, the mercy and the grace and the power and the love of God in its core just spreads throughout the world as we take up the way of Jesus. And we'll sing this song together. Let me pray for us and then we'll all do that uh, together. And then after that, we have uh, cookies and candy canes and Hershey Kisses and fruit punch. So um, there's just lots of sugar happening. So love to have you stick around and enjoy that uh, together. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you uh, tonight for your promise. Your promise that says it's not always going to be this way, but God, you have come to say something about suffering, to say something about hardship, to deal with all of the lies that have been spoken over us and over this world. You've come to say something about death, that it doesn't win, and that it's not final. That you have words to speak after your own death and after your own resurrection. Thank you for this story that not that is about us, but that includes us. And a story with your kingship at the very center of it all. And so as we take ourselves back to that night where you were born, we say thank you, Jesus, for your coming. Thank you, Jesus, for your Holy Spirit power that enables us to take up your way so that we may experience in meaningful ways the life that you have come to give us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Would you please stand as we sing this together? Thank you so much for joining us on the Invitation Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message that you just heard and receive every part of it. Every promise from God, every declaration of his great love for you, every word of hope, every reminder that you have been made for more. Allow what you've heard to take root in your soul to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he can do. I also want to encourage you to be part of what we are doing here at Invitation as we invite people to live the way of Jesus. Go to the app and become a regular giver, an investor in the story that God is writing in this place. Also, if you found the message meaningful, we'd love to have you share it with someone else as you partner with us in carrying the message beyond the walls of the church. I want to thank you for being here with us. Grace and peace.